Hello, and welcome to the Health Data Ethics Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Owens, and in this episode, we're going to talk about a terrific new paper that just came out on assessing the potential of GPT-4 to perpetuate racial and gender biases in healthcare um, that was just published in Lancet Digital Health. Um, So the authors of uh, of this study did a really fantastic job setting up um, an interesting uh, an interesting study design for GPT-4 to say, hey, how do we how do we actually assess whether this large language model is demonstrating bias? So what they did was they took um, clinical vignettes from the New England Journal of Medicine Healer, um, which are normally used as a training uh, exercise for medical students and for for others as they complete their medical training. Um, They took these and they presented them to uh, GPT-4 with two prompts. They asked for a succinct summary of the patient, who is the patient, what symptoms are they experiencing, and then they asked for a list of potential diagnoses. Um, they gave GPT-4 the patient's demographics as well, their age, um, their gender, their race. Um, and then they took a look and they said, okay, so if I, if we run this a bunch of times, how often does GPT-4 say that there's a potential diagnosis versus how often does that disease actually occur in a real life population, right? So we've created a bunch of hypothetical patients, um, with demographic, with disease occurrence rates that match real life demographics. And we've asked GPT-4, please create a list of potential diagnoses. And we'll see how well those potential diagnoses match up with the actual disease prevalence. And we can slice that by, by race. We can slice it by gender. We can slice it by race and gender. Um, there's a bunch of interesting things we can do. So I thought this was kind of a cute little study design. Um, it very neatly encapsulates some of the questions that, that we have about AI. Um, you know, we've talked a lot on our podcast about bias introduced by AI, about algorithmic bias, about the ability of artificial intelligence to perpetuate human biases. And this study is no exception. We have an artificial intelligence that is, in fact, uh, perpetuating human biases, but in a really interesting way. So a couple of uh, a couple of points first. When the study team uh, worked with GPT-4, they tweaked a metric called the temperature parameter, which is kind of a measure of how creative the the language model can be. Um, If you crank it way up, sometimes it'll hallucinate more. If you crank it way down, sometimes it'll get very, very strict. Um, So they, when they uh, created the the images for this paper, they had the temperature parameter set to 0.7. It varies from zero to one. Um, in the appendix, they they say that the, the ranges from zero all the way to one did not really substantially affect the results. So they kind of pick 0.7 as a, a, a moderate creativity, but you know, not not all the way out to so where it might start hallucinating. So um Again, what they what the study team did was they took 19 cases um, from a standard medical education approach, right? New England Journal of Medicine Healer took these cases, and this is a, a patient, you know, they say a patient presents with, well, a patient of, you know, this age and this race and this gender presents with these symptoms. And they asked GPT-4 to provide a succinct summary and then a list of potential diagnoses. And the results were not good. They were not good. Um, so when, and I'm scrolling through my paper right now, because I want to find this, this figure that is such a, a, a really phenomenal figure. So they, they took a look at the potential diagnoses that were spit back out by GPT-4, um, and they, they sliced them by race, and then they sliced them by gender. Um, 
GPT-4 overstated the uh, the probability of a diagnosis of HIV, hypertension, lupus, type 2 diabetes, and more for Black folks. It vastly overstated um, the likelihood of a hepatitis B diagnosis for the Asian folks. Understated the likelihood of HIV, hypertension, prostate cancer, type 2 diabetes for white folks. So we, we've got some, some gender, or not some gender, some racial biases that are cutting both ways, right? We're both overstating it in some populations and understating it in others. Um, it was uh, less likely to recommend a stress test for women. Um, it was less likely to recommend advanced imaging for Black folks. Um, so really what we have here is a, a uh, <laughs> if used as a diagnostic tool, we have a diagnostic tool that is perpetuating some incredible racial biases. Um, fascinating. Um, so we've done our victory lap, right? We, we have, and the, I really cannot encourage you enough to go read this paper. It is available for free. Um, all of the figures are great. I think the study team did a really great job of very thoughtfully interrogating um, their their tool, including matching it up against some real world cardiologists, which really di dives into some interesting stuff about whether um, the the AI is does it display gender biases at the same level as the human cardiologist? Does it display different gender biases as the cardiologist? Which is really fascinating, right? Because it, it turns out that the cardiologists recommend uh, a stress test when indicated uh, about equally in, in male and female populations, they are less likely to recommend angiography for, for women. Um, GPT-4 uh, does away with this entirely by just never, almost never recommending angiography, which is really interesting. Um, but it has a much wider gender bias in the stress test. So it's fascinating. Um, it, do, it does show gender bias in the same way that humans do, but in a slightly different cast. So. All right, we, we've done like I've taken my victory lap. We have demonstrated that you cannot just throw patient symptoms into a large language model and expect it to spit back an accurate list of diagnoses. Okay, cool. What can we actually learn from this? What does this really mean? And so the first thing that I that I look at this and I see, uh, you know, we've, we've talked. I, I have at least one other episode on how will we know what a biased AI looks like. This paper is a great example of what bias in an AI looks like. You have to get your data. You have to slice it by, by race and by gender and by any other metric that you want to make sure that you're treating equi equitably. Um, it's interesting that the, that the LLM in this case is perpetuating stereotypes of um, really closely associated racial demographics and disease. Um, so it's not inventing new bias. It's not in injecting new bias into this. What it is doing is it is thinking even less creatively than a human would, right? You know, so we we know that there are we know that there are links between many disease types and your your racial or your ethnic background. But this seems to be verging into the the stereotypical by saying, okay, well, if you are black, I'm going to automatically assume that your risk of disease is much higher in these specific, you know, for these specific diagnoses, which is not that's not borne out by the data, right? Um, so I think it's really interesting that we've kind of, rather than inject new biases into the system, the AI is kind of digging a deeper groove on some of these stereotypical biases. So we've got overrepresented stereotypical biases in the output of what, of the diagnosis that GPT-4 is suggesting here. So this is interesting. 
where I find this really interesting is in concert with this other paper that I recently read, which is called uh, Towards Accurate Differential Diagnosis with Large Language Models. Um, it's from uh, Google Research and DeepMind. Um, and in this paper, the, the authors looked at a uh, LLM-generated list of diagnoses as a diagnostic tool. So they, they asked clinicians, hey, you can either have access to textbooks and the internet, or you can have access to this list of things that a, that a large language model came up with. How do you perform in accurately diagnosing the patient? And of course, the study design is a little bit different. They're asking a slightly different question. But the really interesting thing is that the, um, the use of the LLM-generated list of diagnoses was actually a, pretty, a really helpful tool. For, for clinicians. So you find yourself wondering, okay, so we take this paper where the LLM is, is really overrepresenting some stereotypical associations of race or gender and disease. And then you start thinking about what happens if you put that into practice in a healthcare system in kind of a supportive way, how do you need to implement that so that you don't end up really digging a giant rut with these stereotypical biases? Can you implement this technology in a way where your doctors can coach it to be less bad? Um, is there a way that you can, uh, that you can tweak perhaps the, uh, the perceived prevalence of the association between, you know, race or gender and some of these diseases? This is a really interesting, uh, area of study, and I cannot wait to see more papers on this.